Hello, audience, my beautiful podcast audience, you who is listening, welcome to the Yours Julie podcast, what I believe to be episode 41. I'm now kind of sitting here with a little piece of regret after I have pressed the record button and I have failed to check what number of podcasts we are on. But I'm pretty sure last week was 40. Oh, it was 40 because last week we celebrated the 40th episode, which for some reason seemed like a big milestone because it ended in a zero. We played Aaron Carter. It was a good time. Go back and listen to that episode with Coach Tony Castillo. If you haven't yet, we're talking about a gentler approach to sports nutrition. But on today's episode of the podcast, I have yet another client spotlight for you guys. So I have been loving these formats of the episodes that I've been putting out. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from you listening as well because it's wonderful to hear from other dietitians and other nutrition professionals, but I also think it's really powerful to hear from an individual who is working through their intuitive eating journey very actively in this moment. And I say that with a little bit of a grain of salt because I find that we are all working through our intuitive eating journey. Like even though I'm an intuitive eating dietitian, I coach intuitive eating, I am still on my intuitive eating journey daily because I learn stuff about my stuff stuff about myself, that was hard to say, every single day. But in bringing on clients who are in the more beginning stages of relearning how to eat intuitively, I find that they have a lot of great information, wisdom, and just lots of tidbits of information that are really powerful to someone else who may be in their same shoes or may also be looking to restart and reinitiate their intuitive eating journey. So I love the perspective that my clients bring to the show. And this episode is quite an incredible interview. I'm so happy that all of my clients, especially today's guests, take the time out of their busy schedules, out of their day to be willing and brave and courageous, definitely brave and courageous enough to share some of their stories on the pod. But before we get into that, a couple of updates. If you're new to the pod, you're going to get to know me really quickly here. If you've been hanging around the podcast or if you follow me on any form of social media, you know that I moved I relocated my humanness. I relocated myself to a different part of the state. So I was living down in Southern Virginia. Now I am living up in the Northern Virginia, DC metro area, which is quite a difference from me. I I would say it's the biggest city that I have ever lived in. And that's kind of true and kind of not true. So I actually looked up so that I could be factually correct in telling people this. I looked up a population like density map of the cities in the United States to see is this actually the biggest city I've ever lived in? Because I was like, oh, yes, definitely, it is, Claire. But I actually lived in Columbus, Ohio for a time. Go Bucks! I completed my dietetic internship at the Ohio State University. I know, super cool. If there are any Ohio State fans out there, OH! IO, I hope you said on the other end of the podcast here, but that is actually Columbus, Ohio is population wise a bigger city than the DC area. And it said Washington, DC on the map, so I don't know if it's including Arlington as well, which is where I am, but where I live right now, it feels like the biggest city that I have ever lived in. 
living out in Ohio, I was kind of more in the suburbs area. And yes, there was traffic. Yes, there was people, but there was definitely more land, like cornfields out there. It didn't feel as big as where I am right now. So it's definitely a transition, but great news. Like I posted on Instagram yesterday, they still have peanut butter and jelly ingredients here. So I can't complain because any place that has free, well, not free access, you definitely have to buy the peanut butter and jelly ingredients, but every place that has access to PB&J, I consider that place to be a home. So made the move. This is like day four. So if you could see me right now, if you could only see, sometimes I wish podcasts came with like a visual component as well, but then I realized it would just be like YouTube or Instagram or anything else. But if you could see me right now, I've actually mostly unpacked my little office space and the wall is like a bright teal blue green color. So it keeps me really alert when I'm talking, but there are boxes everywhere around me. I would like to say that the unpacking is moving right along, but it's not. (laughs) I'll be fully transparent. We're getting there, but very slowly. So unpacking is going, reacclimating. This is the first podcast I have recorded in this space or the first intro, I should say, to a podcast. So super happy to be here. Yours Chili Nutrition is 100% online now. It was about 98% online before. I did have a couple of in-person clients, which I love interacting with you guys and with people in person, but this is just a shift that needed to happen, and now I can see people from all over the world, which it actually aligns really well with today's episode because the client who you will be hearing from, she is currently living in Portugal. So I can see people from all over the world. Telehealth is bringing some really cool opportunities to the market, not only for dietitians, but also for any other healthcare helping professionals. So stay tuned for all that is to come with yours, Chili Nutrition. But back to our regularly scheduled programming here. On the podcast, you know that I always start off the episode with a post from the Yours Truly Goal Slayers Facebook community. So if you've been here before on the pod, you know what's coming, but this is a community of people who are either working with me one-on-one or they are simply super interested in learning more about the intuitive eating path and receiving some accountability, some support, and some daily tips, tricks, trainings. That was really hard to say. Tips, tricks, trainings, and videos on the topics of intuitive eating. So this is a really tight-knit, well-rounded community where we just come together to support each other in the process of relearning how to eat intuitively. So this post that I am about to read comes from one of my newer clients who offered a post after one of our most recent calls. She starts out, Hey y'all, I've been traveling almost for two weeks straight now. On my one day home, I had my call with Claire and she told me about a nourishment window. It has been very empowering to me over the last few days, which have been hugely stressful. Knowing that when I'm feeling hungry, I have the power, capacity, and intuition to make a decision about what will satisfy and sustain me has been huge. At the same time, knowing I can always come back has allowed me to notice my fullness cues and for the first time in what feels like forever for three meals in a row now. This is the first time in a while I have traveled and not felt so out of sorts digestively, feeling really positive about this journey. And then she has the little emojis with the two hands lifting. It's like the praise or like the hallelujah type of emoji. So want to give a big shout out to this goal slayer who 
take it takes it in stride when she travels. So she is at the beginning of her journey with me, and I always say that traveling is where we really kind of take what we learn in the lecture part of coaching or what you may learn from a podcast or a book, all of the information that you have learned and you really take it into the lab setting where you put it into action and you see, can I actually make these principles work for me in my daily life, especially when I'm outside of my normal routine? Because I think we can all agree... In fact, I posted on Instagram yesterday talking about, hey, does eating while traveling ever stress you out? And 95% of the people came back to that poll with saying, yes, eating while traveling does stress me out. So I really have to applaud this goal slayer who is in the beginning of relearning how to eat intuitively. And she got these travels thrown her way for fun and for work reasons. And she is really taking everything that she has learned so far, some of the basics of an intuitive eating journey like feeling your fullness, noticing your hunger, and allowing yourself to eat foods that you enjoy. She's really taking that in stride because it's it's tough and it's not something that we can easily grasp a lot of the times in the beginning of our journey. So I really have to applaud her. And one thing that I want to touch on that she said here is knowing that she can always come back has allowed her to notice her fullness cues for the first time in what feels like forever. So, so often... I find when we're coming out of a diet mentality or a restrictive mentality around food, we have been taught or we have taught ourselves subconsciously that when we sit down to eat something, we really have to go for it because maybe when we stand up for the table, our points will be gone for the rest of the day or all of our macros will have been filled up or, oh my goodness, if this is going to be my air quote cheat meal, then when this is over... I'm not allowing myself to have this food for X amount of time afterwards. So we really put ourselves in this scarcity mindset around food that makes us believe that when I am exposed to food, I have to eat it all right now. And a lot of the times when we have that kind of last supper mentality around food or when we feel the urgency around our eating situations, that can come at the expense of noticing our natural fullness cues. So of course, there is more to intuitive eating than eating when you're hungry and stopping when you are full. We know that. We know that we eat for many different reasons other than just physiological hunger, but we also know that hunger and fullness is an important part of this journey. Now, of course, there are going to be times in this journey because it's a continual learning process. There are going to be times, especially in the beginning, where you do feel like you, quote, overeat to your standards or where you are trying to figure out what your fullness feels like because for so long, you may have just blown right past fullness because you had to eat it all in that moment, or it was that deprivation last supper type of mentality. And this can be really hard to get past in the beginning of your intuitive eating journey or to feel like you have a good grasp on because all of those habits are still remaining. You could be telling yourself consciously, okay, I'm allowing myself to eat all foods. I don't have to eat this all in one sitting. But what I like to call the girl or the guy in the back seat, aka the voice of all your old habits, they are strong and they are going to try to override any conscious effort that you are making. So in the beginning of the intuitive eating journey, when you're working to feel your hunger, 
and honor your fullness, it is going to take more effort. It is going to be more of a conscious thought process. But what I can tell you over time, as you start to flex your intuitive eating muscles more, as you start to not fear your hunger and notice your fullness and tell yourself, I can come back to this enjoyable, pleasurable experience whenever I choose to do so, because I no longer have restrictions, that thought process will become easier over time. And it will start to be more sexy nature so that you don't have to feel like this process is so effortful, but it is like that in the beginning. So if you're in this process now where you're just starting to get comfortable with your hunger, you're just starting to notice your fullness, know that every experience is going to be different, but know that over time you will be able to lean into this natural intuitive ability much easier. So stick with it no matter what part of the intuitive eating journey that you are in right now and know that you will catch glimpses where you no longer have to be in the last supper mentality. You no longer have to squeeze all of your calories or your points or your nutrient intake into one part of the day because with intuitive eating, you get to choose. You get to decide when you eat. You get to decide how much you eat. And knowing that and knowing that you have the ability to decide when those moments are best for you or what the food is best for you in those moments, that didn't make any sense. What food is best for you in those moments, it's very empowering and you will get there. So super proud of these goal slayers here who are out there posting, sharing their wins with the community. And this is the point in the conversation where I invite you, my podcast listener, if you are not already hanging out with us in the Yours Truly Goal Slayers Facebook community, come hang out. It's an amazing place with tons of free value, daily posts, not only from me, but also other people who are working with me one-on-one and other people who are working to find their footing in their intuitive eating journey. So there's lots of collaboration. There's lots to learn, live videos, trainings, tips, on the daily. It is totally free to join. The only thing that I do have is a simple application process so that I can get to know who is in this community so I can get to know what you need to make the information the most valuable for you and to lay some ground rules so that the community stays the best place on the interwebs. So... And you are looking to join the community, you can find the application in a couple of places. You can check out my bio on Instagram at Claire Tuning. The link to the application is found in some of the links in my bio there. It will be very easy to find. You can also search the Yours Truly Goal Slayers on Facebook. If you're not on Instagram or if you just prefer Facebook, you can go ahead and search the group there and you can request to join once you do that. I get a little notification because Facebook is cool that way and I can send you the application personally from there. So I really hope that you seek us out, that you join us because we would love to have you. But my super fancy transition music, which sounded even better in this bright blue room, let me tell you. We are transitioning to the bulk of the episode now. So like I told you earlier, this is a client spotlight episode. So I have to give a huge, huge, there we go, shout out to my client. Her name is Jillian all the way living in Portugal right now. So we have been working together for four going on five months and her progress has been incredible so far. She has made progress in her mental health, not feeling so controlled by food and really just starting to find footing in the intuitive eating journey where her relationship with food is positive. It's normalized and she has the energy to direct to other areas of her life that aren't 
just food. So Jillian, when and if you listen to this episode, I want to give you a huge personalized shout out for not only volunteering your time to come on the podcast, but also being so brave and courageous to share your story in hopes that it will inspire someone else who is maybe sitting in the same place that you were sitting in a couple of months ago. So to you, the end listener of the podcast right now, I know you will get so much value out of hearing her story and what she has to say about her intuitive eating journey so far. So without further ado, here is my conversation conversation with Jillian. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hey, Jillian, welcome to the Yours Truly podcast. So happy to have you on here today and happy that you volunteered your time to be here. So how are you very far away from where I am right now? Um, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Um, I was glad to share my experiences whenever um, you brought up the idea of having some of your um, coaches on. So happy to be here. That I've never coaches. I've I've never <laughs> referred to you guys in that way, but maybe I'm going to start. It's like mentor, mentee, but coach, coachy. I like that. <laughs> it sounded more fun than client in my head. So it, I went with it. Yeah. And you know, we're all about like fun here. So maybe I'll have to start implementing that instead. So how I want to kind of open it up here is before I even ask like how we connected or, you know, what we're doing on this journey, just give a little bit of a backstory or maybe just a fun fact or two about you. So the people who are listening can kind of connect who you are to more than just your story with food. Sure. Um, Well, I am currently living in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm from the U.S. originally, um, but I've been here for about a year working for a legal tech startup um, with my fiance and my adorable dog. Um, So I guess that's my fun fact. Yeah. Um, that's what I was um, hoping you would share is that you're living in Portugal. Cause I remember when we first started working together, I was like, wait, 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 like describe to me again, you're from the States, but you're living there and working there. It was just like such a, um, a cool concept to me that I couldn't really wrap my head around that you're just living in a different country for a year plus. That's just so cool to me. So in living in a different country, that's when you and I connected. So what I like to hear from my coaches, as you would say, what I've been asking everyone so far, because by the time this comes out, there will be two prior episodes of you guys. The question I like to open with, because I think it's really cool to hear your side of the story is how did you and I connect and how did we come to work together? Sure. Um, I was actually just talking to my fiance about this earlier today. He was like, how did you meet Claire again? Um, (laughs) So I, um, after kind of hitting a a mental 
like breakdown, I guess, for lack of a better word with, um, with dieting and, um, you know, whatever the iteration of dieting that I was on at the time, I started looking into intuitive eating. Um, I had heard about it, but hadn't, um, really taken a deep dive into it. Um, so I started, um, reading, um, the intuitive eating book and following a lot of intuitive eating resources. Uh, one of those being the intuitive eating subreddit for any other Redditors, um, <laughs> listening and, um, found a post that recommended a lot of different, um, either intuitive eating or haze or body positive influencers on Instagram. And you were one of the names that popped up um, and as well as the podcast actually as a good source of information. So I started following you on Instagram and we connected that way and started talking about maybe doing one-on-one coaching. Um, and then after our initial call, um, and kind of getting to know you and your approach, it felt like a good fit. Yeah. I I love that. And it just goes to show, First of all, I, and you know this about me, I don't pretend to know anything about Reddit. <laughs> I like I joke that I tried it out for a while because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it used to be a lot bigger and more prevalent than it is. Is that a correct statement or is that not correct? I honestly have no idea. I always um, shunned it as like a nerdy thing that um, people do, but after uh, looking over my fiance's shoulder and reading from <laughs> like, you know, half a dozen to a dozen times, I decided I would give it a a try and start following things that I was actually interested in. And um, so in my life, it's got gotten bigger rather because I'm actually, you know, doing it um, now. Yeah, wasn't before, but I I don't know. Um, I don't know what the popularity ebbs and flows have been like. Well, when I think about it, I don't know, I first heard about it years ago. And I, I guess, was hearing about it more, so I assumed it was it was bigger back then, whatever that even means. But I remember I tried it for a little while. I was like, everybody loves this. There's a lot of good information. Like, I'm going to try it. But I just couldn't wrap my head around how it works. But regardless, I'm glad that you have wrapped your head around how it works <laughs> and you have found positive resources because of it. And funny you bring it up, you have been my, like, Reddit coachy. It's like every time you see something about, like, the Orange Chili podcast on Reddit, it'll be like, Claire, like, here it is. <laughs> but, like, you kind of have feelers out there. But one thing that I kind of want to pull out of that thing that you just said is towards the beginning, like what even led you to that Reddit feed or subreddit? I don't, I don't know the terminology, you know that, but <laughs> whatever led you there was kind of a moment that, and I think you phrase it as whatever iteration of a diet that you were on at the time, you were just done with it. And like in my mind, when I flash back to some of our first conversations over DM and that first phone call that we had, you were kind of describing to me that like you had been through the ringer with this and it had been a big part of your life for so long. So what I want to know from you is what ultimately led you to a place with that diet mentality that had you saying, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to seek out alternative information. Sure. I mean, it's a really long, like, lead up of diets and thoughts and all kinds of things that got me to that point. Um, I was, like, reflecting back on this recently and thinking about when I first started dieting and thinking about just how many years I had been doing it because that kind of helps 
put it in perspective when you're getting frustrated about undoing all that mental damage to think Mm -hmm. about, well, I mean, it took me literally 20 years to get here. So it's going to take me more than a couple of months to get out. But yeah, I mean, I started dieting when I was really young, um, probably like 10 years old. So, um, there was a lot of buildup, a lot of diets tried and quote unquote failed over the years. And, um, when I first kind of hit that point of like, I don't want to do this anymore, um, was over, um, Christmas last year, I had the week off from work. Um, my fiance was back in the States with his family and I was here in Portugal by myself. And I gave myself permission to, not be on my diet that week. You know, it's a holiday. I get to relax. I'm going to eat all the foods I want, eat all the foods that I don't normally cook for me and my fiance because he doesn't like them, you know, go to restaurants, those kinds of things. And I was just in this terrible cycle of like going out to eat and overeating and binging um, because this was part of my free from diet time. And waking up and having just the most negative thoughts about myself in the morning. And I woke up one morning, um, actually the morning after Christmas, I think, and, um, just felt so bad about myself. And like first things that popped into my head as soon as I woke up was how I hated this. I hated myself. I can't believe I ate that much. And it just clicked in that moment. Finally, like, I can't believe the first thought that I'm having the second I wake up is about myself and my body and my diet and that just, it didn't feel normal. It didn't feel healthy anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think the thing that you kind of bring up, it almost reminds me of something that we talk about in the intuitive eating realm. It's kind of when you are perpetually on a diet or you're kind of in that scarcity mindset that diets put you on, like that diet rebel side starts to come out, right? It's like, well, I'm off this week. Like, what am I going to eat? Right. What am I going to go celebrate with? What am I going to do? And I think you can kind of resonate what you felt is like in doing that, that whole cycle made you feel terribly, not only mentally, but also physically. And that cycle wasn't necessarily happening in isolation, right? Like that wasn't something that had just happened one time. That is something that like, I can't, I can't involve myself with this anymore. Right. So Uh, yeah. It would happen over and over. I mean, like you said, with every diet came the rebellion period. So it, and it just kept getting more and more intense every time it happened. Mm -hmm. And I think something that you said, anyone who is listening, because I think we all, and this is just anyone who has ever thought about dieting or, you know, quote, healthy living, whatever that may mean. I think we all kind of come to the table, even if intuitive eating with this perception of, oh, I'm just listening to my body. This is going to be easy, right? Like I should have this box checked off in no time, right? But one thing that you said that I think everyone needs to hear like over and over again so we actually start to understand what it means is that if it's taken you X number of years to get to this place of I don't like where my relationship with food has left me, then it makes sense. It's going to take some time to reverse that, right? So I'm kind of curious, and this is a question that I hadn't really planned to ask, but I think it's appropriate because you brought it up. What would you maybe say to someone who is in that phase of, why don't I understand it yet? (laughs) Like, why aren't I there yet? Because I know you're living this journey right now and you're working through it yourself. So what would you maybe say to someone who's in a position of, 
I feel like I'm not doing this intuitive eating thing right. And why don't I have it under my belt yet? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is like, there's no right or wrong way to do it. And everybody's going to take a different amount of time. Everyone's battling their own um, subconscious biases and like thoughts that we've learned over time, um, thoughts that diet culture has like pretty much placed in our minds, like brainwashed us to think. Um, so it's not going to be the same for any two people, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's taken so much time for you to get to this place of, um, of wanting to change. And so it's, it could take an equal amount of time, if not more time to really, um, unlearn everything that you've, um, you know, come to learn up until this point. And um, one thing that you had said to me in one of our earlier calls that really helped is um, not only that there's no wrong way to go about it, but that every um, everything that feels like a setback isn't a setback, it's data um, to look at it. Like every time, you know, I, I take a wrong turn or feel like I'm doing something wrong, you know, think about that situation and what led you to make that choice, what led you to um, veer away from your intuition or, um, or, you know, go back to an old way and um, look at it from a more objective standpoint and learn from that instead of beating yourself up about it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the beauty of intuitive eating or intuitive living in general is it gives you the space to be able to ask that question, right? It gives you the space to be able to process those answers because I think what happens in other modalities and other diets is when something goes air quote wrong based on whatever that diet says you should and should or shouldn't do, then it's so easy to just like slap yourself on the hand and say like, bad me, don't do that next time. You know, it's kind of pushing it down rather than saying, well, how can I use this as data to reflect on why I made that choice or what I was feeling, right? So I love what you said about there's no wrong way to eat intuitively. Everybody's going to do it differently because we all have different senses of intuition. Shocker, right? I know you didn't know that one, but one thing that I want to ask to fire off of this, and this is a planned question that I had for you, and you you just dropped a huge knowledge bomb on a lesson that I feel like you learned is there's no way to eat intuitively that's perfect, like that doesn't exist, and also it takes time to find your definition of eating intuitively, but what would you feel, and I know I've been saying this to everybody, this is a very loaded question when I'm about <laughs> to say, because I know you've learned like a lot of different tidbits and I know there's like a lot to learn or relearn, I should say within the intuitive eating journey. But what do you feel like has been the biggest lesson that you have learned so far or one of the biggest lessons? Sometimes I don't like the weight of the biggest, you know, so it's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned so far on this path. Wow. That is a really, like you said, loaded question. (laughs) Right. Right. evaluate. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons is just that you can trust yourself and you can trust your body. It's not going to lead you astray. I think that was one of my biggest fears going into this whole process is that, um, you know, if I 
try to just listen to what my body wants, it's going to go crazy. And that's something that a lot of people starting on um, intuitive eating say, or can probably, uh, or have thought or can resonate with, um, that like, I'm just going to eat pizza forever. I'm just going to eat cake forever. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard or scary to, um, jump into that and trust that eventually your body will balance out your cravings and balance out what you, um, want to eat and just like, know that that's true, that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that it's not a myth. It's not some, it doesn't only happen to some people. It happens to everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're not going to eat pizza for the rest of your life. (laughs) It's kind of like, I think what you just said is telling everyone who's listening, like you are not an exception to what happens, right? I think sometimes getting into this intuitive eating path, we're like, well, that works for them. And it's great that they don't crave pizza all the time, but I know I would be the exception who only wanted to ever eat pizza, right? It's like, we really talk down to ourselves and we really don't have that sense of trust maybe because diets have undermined that, maybe because we've never been given that virtual permission slip saying, hey, you can trust your body. You just have to give it time. And I think the one thing that this really reminds me of with your journey personally, I remember in the, in the very beginning phases, we were going through the phase. I say we, I was like watching as the third party. You were the one actually doing the work, right? Of actually going through and allowing all foods, even the foods or especially the foods, I should say, that have been more scary or maybe more taboo to your past. And I I will never forget the day that I believe it was a picture that you had taken and posted on Healthy from your work. And you were having a snack that included veggies and hummus. And you're like, I can't believe it. I actually craved a vegetable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember that too. It felt like such a breakthrough after just like carbs on carbs on carbs for weeks on end or what felt like weeks on end um seeing some peppers in the grocery store and being like wow those look really good I'm gonna get them yeah it it felt like an epiphany it's the little things (laughs) the little things right it's just like the little bell peppers that get me and I feel like that's so much more wonderful of a way to come at that epiphany because it's like oh I see that And I choose to eat that. I don't eat that because Claire told me I had to, or because X, Y, and Z tells me that everything else is bad, right? It's coming from this internal desire and from your intuition saying, oh, that looks good. Like I want that. Right. And it's, I think that is something that is much more impactful on the long run. As far as I I know, I sound like a broken record when I use this analogy, but as to giving you the tools in your intuitive eating tool belt. So this is something that goes with you throughout the rest of your life, not something that you do to check off a list and then move on and then fall off within three months, right? It really is kind of that learning process of I choose to because I want to, not because I have to. So in this conversation, there's like a lot of advice spiraling. And before I ask what your advice would be to anyone listening, I kind of want to get a little reflective on your own advice to your own past self and say, kind of if you can zoom back to the throes of your diet life, right? Like one of those moments where you just felt terrible, maybe the moment after Christmas that you just described to us here. What is something that you 
sitting here, the current version of yourself who has way more tools in her intuitive eating tool belt, what is something or a piece of advice I could say that you would offer to that past version of yourself that might have been helpful to her in that point of time? Um, one thing I think I didn't realize was the extent that restriction leads to overeating, like the pendulum metaphor. Mm. Cause you feel like whenever you're overeating or cause that was one of the things that triggered um, my desire to change my um, eating patterns was this crazy or what felt like a crazy week of quote unquote binging. Um, and you feel like that's out of, that's out of um, your control and like, you know, you are the problem. Um, but it's, it's not you, your mind or your willpower or your body or, um, anything that's an issue. It's the fact that you've been putting yourself through these restrictive phases. And once you stop doing that, then you'll stop feeling so crazy. And it is, uh, that's one thing I would say to myself too, is it is possible to not feel crazy around food. It's possible to not be obsessed, which I never would have believed in that moment. But, um, it, once you kind of let go of all the rules that you put on yourself, it just becomes another normal thing in your life. Mm, Mike drop. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love that. And I feel like so many people who are listening can probably resonate with that because I know you're on social media, just like I am on social media, but like the number of times and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the number of times that I have seen someone give advice, like nutrition, her life advice to someone who may be struggling with feeling that lack of control around food. I know the advice that I see, not as much now because I follow a large number of intuitive eating people. Um, but before I kind of got into this field, the one tip or piece of advice I would see was, Oh, you feel like you have no control around that food. Just don't keep it in your house, dummy. Like, like, did, did you see that advice at all? Or like, do you even still see that? Because it drives me nuts. See it. I followed that. I mean, there were so many things that I wouldn't keep in the house. Um, like I wouldn't keep Nutella in the house. I wouldn't keep any kind of chocolate. I wouldn't keep any ice cream, crackers, bread, like all these things, um, that I thought that I would be out of control around just like couldn't enter, um, couldn't pass through my doorway. Otherwise it would be crazy. But now I can have those things around and not feel crazy about them. And they just feel normal, right? It's like, okay, that's food. I'm me. It's Thursday and it's fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's so much more of a simple way of living because, and we've talked about this too, because you're not giving up your power to foods. It's like, you're the human being. You are the vibrant moving object or human. You have the control, not the food, right? And it's not something that exerts power over you. And I think your journey and what you've gone through and figuring out that that is something that's possible, that you can coexist in a space with those foods that you love and not have to eat all of them, right? It really just kind of shows the evolution of the intuitive eating journey and how it is possible, but not possible from a place if you're coming from restriction or deprivation or that diet culture mindset. So that was your piece of advice that you would give to yourself, which obviously everyone listening, I think can take that piece of advice and chew on it in, in 
the Yours Truly podcast, pun intended, (laughs) but I'm going to make the question a little bit bigger now and make it kind of reflective to the audience as a whole is that what advice would you have for someone who maybe resembles or mirrors that past version of you who is really struggling to give up their dieting or food rules and maybe they want to learn or relearn how to eat intuitively but they're afraid of the journey because of all the uncertainty it may bring, or they're maybe afraid to find the help or the support that they need in that journey. What is one piece of advice that you would have to that person who is struggling and is a little bit uncertain? Um, One thing I would say, and something that helps me kind of finally have the courage to actually seek out help um, is to surround yourself with resources, which anybody who's listening to the podcast is already on their way to doing. <laughs> but, um, when I first wanted to learn more about this, I, like I said, I started reading the intuitive eating book. I started, um, following subreddits. I started following different influencers and I'm um, just taking in as much information as I could, um, cause the more di- like data and information that you get about the whole process and hearing about it, um, working for other people, I think the more confident you can become in, um, trying to, to test it out for yourself. Um, and it also helps to negate all of the bad information. I mean, I won't say bad, but the incorrect information that you've taken in over the years, um, to see all of the science behind it and all of the people who are um, are contradicting, you know, things that you've come to believe and living their lives happily in in that space, um, it, that was helpful to me um, to to watch watch it work for other people, um, and and then eventually you will build up the confidence to to try to have it work for yourself. Yeah, I think that's great advice because it's kind of like the analogy of a kid who learns something in school and then goes home and gets totally different information, right? It's like if you are seeking out, maybe if you want to be an intuitive eater or you want to kind of develop these eating patterns in your life, but yet again, your social media feeds are filled with information that doesn't support that way of eating or living, or maybe the people that you hang out with or the exercise class, that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we won't get into, but maybe (laughs) the exercise classes that you go to really don't support a positive relationship with food or maybe the language they use is negative. I think there's a lot to be said for making sure all the information that you involve yourself with, that you look at as much as you can, right? Or as much is in your control, make it align with where you want to go and then start to build up from there. So I love what you said about start by surrounding yourself with the information, kind of figure out what is it about, you know, gather the data, figure out, is this where I want to go? And then kind of travel up the pyramid from there, right? Then maybe seek out a support group, AKA the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. <laughs> Maybe seek out individual help, you know, kind of climb up the ladder to get the support and the help that you need. But I think you're totally right in saying that it starts with getting information into your brain that supports where you want to go. So I absolutely love that. And you have been wonderful in fielding my questions and sharing your story and and everything that's been happening so far. So before I get to my last question, which 
I know you've listened to the podcast before, so I know you know what's coming because I ask every guest this. Um, but before I get there, I just want to say thank you for hopping onto our podcast platform, for being super brave to like project your voice out into the universe. Because when we were talking before we even press record that it's like, if you've never been on a podcast before, like if you've never, I don't know, heard your voice or the speaker of an iPhone other than like on a voicemail message, it can be a little bit weird and it can be a little bit scary to put your story out there. So I want to thank you for being here today and for your time. And without any further ado, my last question, and you chuckled when I said this, so I know that you know it's coming, but you know the purpose of yours, Truly Nutrition, and the podcast here as a whole is to help people help ourselves be more gentle with ourselves, meaning that we give ourselves the space to listen to ourselves. We go for our best selves, but we don't really beat ourselves up for everything that maybe goes air quote wrong in the process. So Jillian, what I want to know from you is what do you do in your daily life to live a little bit more gently with yourself? Um, one thing that I do, and I guess it, it um, unfolds differently day to day, but I'm really adamant about giving myself this space to relax in whatever um, whatever way speaks to me that day. I'm kind of an introvert by nature, so um, being around people all day, every day can be overwhelming, um, and I try to make space um, every day to take some time to myself, whether that's um, reading or listening to a podcast or watching a show, just taking some time to um, just be one-on-one with me. I love that. It really plays into our love fiercely component of the program, right? It's how do you fill your cup? So this filled my cup. (laughs) That's a good transition, right? I always look for these like quality transitions, but again, (laughs) thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. And if anybody has any questions about what Jillian and I were talking about, you know, how to seek me out on Instagram, the link to that Facebook community that we both hinted at there for a higher level of support lives in my Instagram bio. But if you got any tidbit of information from this podcast, my dear audience, that you loved or found value in, please do not hesitate to rate, leave us a review and share this with anyone who might find it valuable by either taking a screenshot, sending it over, or if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you can hit the three dots in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen to get a shareable link to send to your dog, your grandma, anybody you want to. But thank you guys for listening today. Yours truly, Jillian and Claire. Hey there, me again, sliding in with one last thank you for sticking with us to the end of this episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I know I said it at the end of the recorded bit here, but I'm going to get on you guys because I know there are people, you listening out there who listen every week, you come back for the Yours Truly podcast and you're so excited for the content and you listen which I'm truly grateful that you do, but you don't leave a rating or a review. So please, if you are listening and you're loving anything that you're hearing on this podcast, if it's bringing any sorts of value to your life, please take a moment out of your day to leave us a rating and a review to say what you're learning from the podcast and what you love about the podcast. That is how we are going to grow this platform to reach more of the people who can benefit from the message. So go type a rating, go leave a review, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye.